You are listening to the Feast Podcast from the Light of Jesus family. We share here significant and heartfelt messages for you to reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face your challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hallelujah. I pray that God is going to use this word to bless somebody here today. I'm going to try to explain this as best as I can because I'm in a different venue in the house, if you notice, okay? This is our condo, by the way, but, you know, my son is still sleeping, so I'm going to be trying not to shout as much, so I hope that's okay, okay? So anyway, let's read the parable again. Okay, we won't lose any time because this is such a short parable that the entire parable is just one verse. Okay, so go to your Bibles again. It says here, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. Now, in his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. All right, again, let's talk about context right now. In ancient times, you know, they didn't have banks like we do now, like BPI or PNB or BDO or Union Bank. So if people own treasure, you know, the most common bank that people used was the earth beneath their feet. They would dig a hole in their backyard and then they would stash their treasure there. Okay, anyway, just to make this a little more graphic, let me tickle your imagination right now with a little story. Here's the story. Once upon a time, there was a man Let's call this man uh, Richie, for example. All right, Richie one day was walking on someone else's field when all of a sudden he, he tripped. You know, he fell forward. And so quickly, he picks himself up and then dusts himself off. And then he says to his invisible audience, Ano, kaya niyo yan? <laughs> yes, in this, in this story, Richie is Filipino. Okay, so Richie the Filipino. So Richie looks back, you know, wondering what caused him to fall. That's when he saw this little object protruding. It was sticking out from the soil and it looked like the edge of a box. So Richie got really excited. So he dug it up and then he was so shocked to see a treasure chest. Okay, Richie lifted the lid off of that chest and and, and in his eyes, he couldn't believe it. Gold and silver was inside. So immediately, Richie knew what he needed to do. So he returned the chest to where it came from, covered it back up with the same soil just like before, and then he ran home. I'll tell you why he did that in a moment, okay? So now after that, he, he then posted in FB Marketplace, you know, and he says, garage sale, everything must go. So all of his neighbors, he, he, they begin asking him, and they say, what's wrong, Richie? Why are you selling all of your valuable stuff? And Richie says, listen to this, because I found something more valuable. Okay, finally, when Richie said, uh, sold everything, he, he gathered all of the money and then he marched to the owner of the field. And then he says to the owner, I want to buy your field. And the owner, surprised by the sudden offer, he says, um, I don't recall putting a, a for sale sign for that. But you know what? Richie made him an offer that he could not refuse. He says, I'll give you everything that I have. And then he shows him the large bag uh, fill, filled with cash. The owner was shocked by the amount of money being offered and said, okay, if you insist. And then they part ways, you know, they, they signed the contract. That's when Richie started becoming the proud owner of the field and the treasure inside it. And that's the story of how Richie became Richie Rich. 
Okay, here's the context now. Under rabbinic law, you know, if someone found a treasure in a field, it wouldn't be like how people would call it finders keepers, right? It would still belong to the owner of the field regardless of whether other people found it. Let's say, for example, somebody found treasure in your backyard. You will still own it even if you didn't find it, okay? That's why Richie placed the treasure back in the ground and, and waited until he owned the field, okay? Like I said, Jesus in the story is the treasure. And this is one of the most beautiful ways to find Jesus. You know, we stumble upon him. You know, you're minding your own business one day and then somebody tags you in a live stream session of the feast, for example. And that's how you're blessed. You encounter Jesus. Or maybe another example is, you know, you're, you're minding your own business and somebody invites you to a Bible study, for example. And then that's when you also meet God. It's a beautiful way to encounter Jesus when we stumble upon him. But you know what? There is also another way to find treasure. And that is to seek it out. This is what the second parable tells us, okay? Now we go to verse 45. Verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. Now, when he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. Okay, that's, that's the second parable. Now, I told you already about Richie Rich, right? Let me now tell you about Mackie the merchant. Okay, Mackie is a pearl expert, and, and what he does is he goes around buying and selling pearls. Now, one day, a woman comes up to him and says, Mackie, I think you will like this pearl. It's a special one-of-a-kind pearl, but you know what? It'll cost you. So she then pulls out a folded piece of cloth from her pocket, and when she unfolds it, it reveals the object, and Mackie's jaw drops. It was beyond beautiful, beyond words. It was shimmering under the sunlight, and it sparkled, you know, with gorgeous little hues. And Mackie had never seen such a pearl in his entire life, so immediately he knew that this was a turning point in his career as a pearl merchant. So the woman quotes him an astronomical price, but guess what? Mackie was not surprised, so he then runs off and start selling all of the pearls in, in his collection, just like Richie. He also posts everything online. Everything must go. When he already had the cash, he went back to the woman and bought the pearl of great price. Okay, so now you have two ways of how you stumble upon treasure. The first one is, again, you stumble. The second one is you seek. Those are the two ways that we find God. You know, some people search for Him while others stumble upon Him. Let me give you an example. Brother Bo himself. Did you know that Brother Bo stumbled upon the Lord? You know, it wasn't like he was searching for God. One day in the 1970s, his parents brought him and the rest of his siblings uh, to an upper room in a corner house where a small prayer gathering was being held. And back then, you know, parents didn't even ask if their kids wanted to go. They just said, dress up. We're going to go somewhere. But you know what? In that tiny gathering of 30 people, that's where Brother Bo met Jesus in a powerful way, and his life was never the same again. The rest is history, as they say. But you know what? On the opposite spectrum, my journey to the Lord wasn't like that. It was the exact opposite. I didn't stumble upon the Lord like Brother Bo. At the age of 27, I was looking, I was searching for purpose and peace. And you know what? I couldn't find it in, in any of my relationships, in my business, in my life. That's when I met Jesus at the feast. I searched for him and then I found him. So now I have shared with you two characters, Richie and Mackie. Let me ask you, who can you identify with in your spiritual journey? 
Are you Richie or are you Mackie? Can you type your answer in the chat box? Did you stumble upon the Lord like Brother Bo? Or were you deliberately looking for God just like me? See, you can be searching or you can be stumbling for God. But one thing is for sure, it doesn't change the fact that God is searching for you. God is waiting for you to discover Him because God is the eternal suitor. And I pray that you discover this heavenly treasure today because my dear friend, let me preach this. You can store up treasures all your life, but let me be the one to tell you, they won't last you. They won't last you. See, one day they will either run out of beauty or you will run out of breath. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 6. It, this is so beautiful. I want you to read this with me. He says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths can eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Let me break this down for you, okay? Jesus is using the concept of earthly treasure and eternal treasure and then connects them to one thing. What, what is that one thing? He connects it to the heart. Why the heart? Listen to this. Because Jesus knows that what we choose is based on what we cherish. Okay, let me say that again in case you didn't hear it the first time. What we choose is based on what we cherish. If you have a heart for people, for example, what happens? You are moved to helping the poor or feeding the hungry or, or loving the sick, right? But if you put a premium, for example, on material things, on worldly things, then guess what? That's where your priorities will be because what you choose is a product of what you cherish. So I want you to ask yourself this week, very important question. Do I cherish Jesus or do I cherish the world? You see, the answer to this question, my dear friend, will let you know where your heart really is. Because the truth of the matter is this, that none of us will be able to bring material wealth into eternity. I don't know about you, but I know that heaven and hell, it won't have banks or closets or parking lots. So what you have right now won't change your circumstances when you die. No amount of possessions will give you a better or worse position after life. And I'm preaching this to you because I believe that our eternal perspective affects our earthly priorities. What's valuable to you now and in eternity is what God cares about. You know, treating people right, for example, giving mercy, knowing and obeying and ultimately following Jesus. You see, worldly possessions are a blessing. Let me say that. Okay, it's a blessing to have possessions, right? But you know what? We are meant to use possessions to love people. We're not meant to love our possessions and then use people. See, we can choose to focus our lives on temporary wealth. But let me say this right now. God offers us a treasure that lasts forever. What is that treasure? A beautiful relationship with Him through Jesus Christ that begins here and then continues for eternity up in heaven. Nothing is more valuable than knowing Jesus. So, my dear friend, there is a heavenly treasure that's waiting for you to discover it. And when you do find it, or, or, or better yet, let me reword that. When you do find Him, you won't hesitate giving up your earthly treasure. Why? Say it with me one last time. Because I found something 
more valuable. Hallelujah. If you receive that message, type in hallelujah. But hey, you know what? That's not the closing message yet because somebody else is going to come in and preach you a powerful, powerful closing. So I want you to get your hearts ready. The same heart that you started with, we're going to close with that same heart. So I want you to welcome right now, Brother Bo Sanchez. Everything must go. Everything in those two parables, that's the theme. These two guys had to sell everything. OMG, these two stories are intense. Does this, does this mean that this is a requirement of following Jesus? Everything must go. You know, I was talking to this young guy and he, he was telling me, um, I don't go to church, Brother Bo. I don't think I need to because I'm a good guy. I don't harm anyone. Now, for a lot of people, to be religious, to follow God. You know, the requirement of life is to be a good person, not to harm anyone. And you know what? I will tell you, that's amazing that you're not harming anyone. Woohoo! Thanks be to God! But that's not the call of Jesus for your life. If you want to be a Catholic, if you want to be a Christian, the call is everything must go. Now you might say, what? how, how, what are you talking about? Now let, let me share. Hi, this is Bo Sanchez. Welcome to the feast and I'm so happy that you're here. So I want you to imagine the disciples and they're listening to Jesus telling these parables, hidden treasure, pearl of great price. And I can just imagine these disciples, you know, listening to Jesus and their hearts beating loudly in their chest because in their minds, they're saying, that's me, that, 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 that's me. Because a few pages before that, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, Jesus said, follow me. And they left their boats, they left their nets, they left their families, and they followed Jesus. A few chapters, before the, these two stories, it was Matthew. Jesus said, follow me. And Matthew stood up from his tax collector's booth, table, whatever you call it. And then he starts following Jesus. So I, I want you to think about this, that um, a lot of people say that, you know, God's love is free. And, and that's absolutely true. God's love is gratis. You don't buy it. You, you, you don't earn it. It's given for free. And that is true. But the moment you receive it. It costs everything. Because here's the truth. Discipleship is death. I'm sorry. I know these two, two stories are so short, but they're so intense. It, it lays down in front of you that if you want to follow Jesus, everything must go. But it's not as painful as it may sound. Yes, it's painful. Death is always painful. But it's not just pain. It's not just pain. Let me introduce you to the concept of happy sacrifice. If you notice the two stories, the two guys, uh, Richie, we nicknamed him Richie and the Hidden Treasure, and then the Pearl of Great Price, Mackie, both Richie and, and, uh, and Mackie, which, which, are, which are names that we have invented, <laughs> uh, just to make them real, they were happy. They were happy selling everything and giving up everything. 
happy sacrifice. Can I give you an analogy? Imagine a young woman uh, having problems with her weight. She complains to all her friends, you know, my metabolism is so slow that when I inhale, I gain two pounds. So that's her problem. Her other problem is this. She has a jerk of a boyfriend who tells her, tells his girlfriend, look, I'm a little bit ashamed bringing you around and, you know, we walk together and you've got this weight problem. Um, I'm giving you an ultimatum. Lose weight or lose me. Horrible. Anyway, so this girl decides I'm going to go on a diet. And in her mind, she is weighing two values, pun intended, weighing two values, okay? On one scale is um, a slice of beautiful, moist chocolate cake and, and her favorite cake, cake. And then on the other scale, on the other scale is her jerk of a boyfriend. So, and then she, she just wakes up and she realizes he, he's not worth it. <laughs> she gives up the diet and she gives up, she gives up the, 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 the boyfriend and, and she eats the cake. Um, one year later in my story, um, a, a new suitor comes along and this suitor tells her, I love you and I don't care what shape or size your body is. I just love you. But this is what I do want. I want you to be healthy because I want to grow old with you. And so immediately this, this young woman realizes, OMG, this guy's a keeper. And so she decides to go on, on another diet. And so again, the weighing scale in her mind is this. Uh, first scale is still the chocolate cake, moist and wonderful and delicious. The, in the other scale is her future, is her possible potential future, happy future with this interesting guy that wants to grow old with her. And she decides to keep it. I'm not an expert in diets, but this is what I believe, that a diet will never work unless it is a happy sacrifice. Um, and I, I believe that a beautiful life consists of many happy sacrifices, especially in the spiritual life. When you start, you know, this is what, what I've done. Um, I tried to recall the different times in my life where I had to give up something, where I had to say everything must go for the sake of Jesus. In the past 40 years of my walk with God, I've noticed it is so true. Our spiritual life is a series of letting go. It's a journey of giving up something for something far more valuable. It is true that at different times of your life, you know, when, 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 uh, when the disciples gave up everything for Jesus, and if, and if somebody asks them why, they will say, I found something more valuable. So looking back at my life, 13 years old, uh, very young in my spiritual journey, I felt God was asking me to give up TV. And you can just imagine how difficult that was as a 13-year-old kid. I was worshiping that electronic box. And I was, I was the walking TV guide in the family. For all young people, you don't know what a TV guide is. It was, it was a little notebook and you had all the schedules of all the TV shows and all the days and all the times and all the channels. And so all my sister has to do is ask, uh, Bo, wh what, what's showing at 7.30 Channel 9 Friday? And, and instantly, without batting an eyelash, I would say Little House on the Prairie starring Michael Landon and Melissa Gilbert. You have no idea what that is. But there. Uh, but then I said, 
as a 13-year-old kid, I really felt God was saying, you know, can you give this up for me? And I said, yeah, it's going to be difficult, but I will. And it was a happy sacrifice because I had now this wonderful hours just being able to serve God, you know, be involved in ministry, read spiritual books and something that was that was uh, very new to me because I didn't know how to, I didn't like reading then. But then little by little, it was this was this happy exchange. And then when I was in my 20s, I, I, actually, I was exactly when I was 20 years old, I felt God was asking me to give up my girlfriend. And again, difficult, but I did. Uh, we both did. We broke up and we started, you know, I, I, I thought it was just for a while, but then for 10 years, I did not have a girlfriend. <laughs> and God did the most amazing things in my life. When I was 30 years old, God was asking me to give up my poverty mindset. I had in my mind an identity, a label for myself, a picture of who I was. I was a poor missionary and I loved it. I was proud that I was poor because to be poor was to be close to God. You know, I had all these um, crazy ideas that I had to give up because I wanted to help the poor. I wanted to help those who are financially um, illiterate and I wanted to learn how to become an entrepreneur so that I could teach them entrepreneurship. It all came from this desire to help people. And uh, I had to give that up, this, this concept of who I was, knowing also that some people will not like it. Some people will criticize me because I was starting to, I was marrying faith and finances. Whoa, at that time, that was horrible. You know, it's like, whoa, no, no one was doing that. Um, of course, now it's a little bit easier to swallow. Um, well, still some few critics here and there, but there, I, I had to give that up. When I was in my mid-30s, I had this young family, you know, newly married, had had two boys, and I felt God telling me, um, give up your workaholism. I loved my work. Oh my God, I, I am alive when I'm working. And God was telling me, meet me when you're sitting on the floor playing with your little boys, Pokemon. And, and that's what I did. Happy sacrifice. It was painful, difficult because I loved my work, but then I was discovering God in, in, in my family. And then when I, I was in my mid forties and my, my businesses were, were successful and I was giving generously or so I thought. And then God began to challenge me and saying, give more. And I said, Lord God, how can I give more? I'm giving so much more already. And God says, give more. Trust me. And it was amazing when I made those decisions. Of giving more. It's like every year I, I, I feel that God wants me to give more. Um, but, but it's amazing because I can say it is a happy sacrifice because I have found something, someone more valuable. And I invite you right now to make that happy sacrifice in your life. Love Jesus above everything else with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Light of Jesus family. For more messages like these, please visit lightfam.com slash podcast.